You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. I'm thankful for this opportunity once again to really unravel and dissect God's Word this uh, afternoon because I know that God is a message for you. And our goal is to have a deeper understanding of who God is. Thus, we have entitled our message, Knowing God. Okay? For the very reason that we want each and every one of you to know God more than just you coming into this gathering, we want you to have a deeper understanding of who God is. Because if you know God, you will trust God. And if you trust God, when the going gets tough, the tough, the tough goes to God. Do you understand? Because when you don't know God, the tendency is for you to cut corners and find your ways and means to solve your problem. But if you know God, you can trust God that God is greater than anything this 2017. So when the going got tough, you can say, God, I can trust you that though I don't at times feel that indeed you're in control of my situation, you are on top of this because we know and I know that you are a great God. So we will cap our 2017 with a stronger faith and a greater understanding of who God is. That's for the past few weeks we did talk about God's glory. But three weeks ago, we did talk about God's goodness. And then about a week ago, we did talk about God's generosity. How many of you here, you're thankful that God is indeed generous? That's just like what I mentioned about two weeks ago, that there are things that we did, not, uh, we did not ask God and we did not desire, but God granted our request, though we did not pray for it. Why? Because God knows what He is up to and God knows what we need and what we want. This is a five-week series and the uh, book of uh, uh, Psalms was, was written by uh, King David, a man after God's own. And the reason why he's a man after God's own heart, not because he's a uh, king of Israel, but because of his relationship with God. And that is my prayer for all of us here. Because the tendency for a lot of us here is for us to ask God for the things that we need and uh, the things that we want. And I have nothing against it. It's okay to pray. It's okay to ask God. But at times we, at times, uh, overlook the provider than the provision. That we enjoy the provision, we enjoy the things that God will probably bless us with. But at times we miss our relationship with God. And I find that really, uh, uh, really puzzling for a lot of us here. And in fact, I'm guilty of this as well. Because I always miss God because I'm after for the things that God will provide. And for the past few years, I've learned to defer back to God and to enjoy God Himself more than what He has to offer. This is why I'm thankful for this opportunity that we can uh, glean and, and take a closer look of uh, the Psalm of David. Wherein he was a man who has a relationship with God that though he has been through a lot and David has been through a lot, he has been uh, really uh, been uh, a product of Paul's anger and frustration and yet David, when you hear him out, he would always utter things that, that, would, that would really speak of his relationship of God or, or with God. And thus I am just uh, thankful that indeed David was expressing how gracious God is, and he wants to elaborate and spell it out. This is why I am highly convinced that indeed this message will bring us to a certain degree of uh, understanding of really the grace of God, that God is gracious. When you say grace, it is God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor. The problem is that we don't at times use it for our advantage, but we tend to abuse it and use it in order for us to advance our agenda. When I say use it for our advantage, we don't understand grace from the perspective that indeed we can overcome whatever comes our way. It is by the grace of God that we can uh, really overcome and, and rise above our situation. Look at what's happening around you and what challenges will come your way this uh, year. You don't have what it takes to survive, but because of the grace of God, we have what it takes to rise above our situation because we now deserve what we don't deserve before because of what Jesus did on the cross. It is because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that we deserve what we don't deserve. This is why we can say that by the grace of God, I can overcome whatever comes my way. And I just can't help but be reminded that this passage in the Bible, in the book of uh, Psalm 103, is a, uh, an expression of David when he looked back and really um, summarized the journey of the people of, of God, the nation of Israel. It was from the time of Moses we're in the people of God, just like any of us, just like most Christians, that we uh, really ask for God's help when we are in trouble. But when things are doing well, we at times overlook God. We miss out on God, that we don't at times remember God. How many of you here can relate with me? That when things are doing well in your life and everything is working smoothly, you can't even go to church, you can't even open your Bible, you can't even respond to the text message inviting you for a one-to-one follow-up or a small group meeting, but when the going gets tough, you call on God. You, you just can't help but, but go to church and, and cry and bend your knees and, and, and be melted by God's love. 
And I know there's nothing wrong in going to church when you're in trouble, but I hope you do understand that you can rise above that situation that though things are doing well or not at all, you can still pursue and worship God. That is the kind of men and women that we would want you to be because we know at the end of the day, our situation should not determine, should not dictate the tempo on how we go about our relationship with God. So the people of God had a similar problem that they have somewhat abused God's grace upon their lives. Exodus chapter 33, verse 3, before we read uh, Psalm 103, it's written right here, Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. This was the instruction of God. But I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are, what, A? You're hard-headed. You don't listen to me. And I know where God is coming from. If you read the whole chapter, it is valid for God to take it against His people because they're just hard-headed. Look at the person on your left, okay? Is he hard-headed? Okay, probably because he doesn't have hairs. But my point is, that's not the basis, in fact, okay? The Lord responded in chapter 34, the following chapter, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. How many of you here? Okay, we'll agree with me that God is still faithful. That if you take a closer look, since the time where Moses has led his uh, people into uh, a lot of, of, really, a lot of challenges that came their way while they are in the desert, people would obey God, people would, would disobey the Lord. It has been a routine, and yet God has been so, what, steady in the way he relates with his people. That I'm thankful that the God of yesterday is the same God of today. That the basis of His goodness is not based on how good you are. And, and God is good because He is good. That God is faithful because you are faithful. Amen? Sabi ko na nga ba eh. ko rin kayo. That God is faithful, not because you're faithful. God is faithful because He is faithful. How many of you here are amazed that we have a God who is consistent, who is unconditional? That His goodness and His generosity and His graciousness is never dependent on your graciousness. But God is gracious because it's part of His nature. Amen? Can we give Him the glory for that? God isn't changing. Keeping what? Steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. I know there are consequences with the things that we did, but I am telling you right now that the grace of God can overshadow how sinful we are if we just come and repent before God. So I want to read right here in Psalm 103, 1-13, what was David's response after recalling and being reminded of the journey of the people of Israel. And he has witnessed up close and personal how God went about loving his own people. Do you have your Bibles right now? Turn it to 103, the book of Psalms, and I hope that you have a Bible right now. If you don't have one, just bow your heads and pretend you have one, okay? An imaginary Bible. Good. Psalm 103, it's written right, right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to? This was a reminder of uh, chapter 33 of the book of Exodus. His acts to the people of Israel. In verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Okay, sounds familiar, right? Again, Exodus chapter 34. He will... Uh, not always chide, nor he will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Can we just take this moment right now to bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you that indeed we can learn once again with how David went about recalling how you've been a good God. That though we fumble and we sin once in a while, we know that we're gathered that we can come into your presence 
and we are guaranteed of being accepted. Thank you for your love that indeed your grace is just too much to bear. But we want to thank you that indeed you are gracious. That in the midst of our human frailty, you took us in. Salamat, Panginoon, tinanggap mo kami. That we don't have, in fact, the reason to be welcome in your presence. Pero, Panginoon, walang pagdadalawang isip. Binigyan mo kami ng pagkakataon na makilala ka. Thank you for your grace and your goodness. We give you all the glory. That you even, Lord God, send more people into this gathering so that they will experience your grace. Lord, I pray that our family members and our friends and our neighbors will come to know the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Psalm 103 is a hymn of praise celebrating the Lord's abundant goodness and love for His people. It is one of the Psalms reflecting on God's dealings with His people from creation to exile. So the reference of David when he was singing, Psalm 103 was people from the time of exile. Where God has been faithful, that though at times they're punished, God will always intervene and show them favor. And from that time on, God has been like that. And I don't know if you can look back and be reminded of how you came to know the Lord. Yung buhay mo dati, ganun na lang. If you have problems, you come to God. When things are doing well, you forget God. Because you don't have a relationship with God. You think God is an ATM. Lalapit ka lang kung may kailangan ka. How many of you here, you have friends like that? Magdetect lang sa'yo. Diba? Pag may kailangan lang. Kamusta ka na, pautang? Anong sagot mo? Who you? <laughs> That's one way. Okay? That at times, we miss out on God. That we only come to God when we need something from God. And I hope starting today, you will come to that understanding that having God in our lives is not just according to what we want from Him, according to what we need from God. But the basis is that we have a running, thriving relationship with God, that you have a relationship with the Lord. And the test of any relationship is that if the other party doesn't provide what you want, will you take it against the person? Let me say that once again. The test of any relationship is always base. If you react and you take it against a person, if he doesn't provide what you want, and he doesn't provide, will you take it against him? Because if you take it against him, it goes to show that the base of your relationship with a person is based on what he can provide. But how many of you here? Okay? You do understand that relationship is a relationship regardless if the person will provide what you need or what you want because you love the person. Do you understand? This is why David is simply saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Verse 1 from 103. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. That David was... A man who's just thankful for his relationship with God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And a lot of us here are not really thankful that we are really consumed with what we need and what we ask from God. And the reason why we are consumed by the things that we need and we want from God because we don't know how to thank God. I am telling you right now, I don't have in ta- uh, times uh, really uh, a time to pray for the things that I need because I just can't stop thanking God for how He has blessed my life. And I'm telling you right now, in order for you to really, at times, make the right prayers, that if you want to be accurate with the things that you're praying for, start with thanking God. Because thanking the Lord brings you into the will of God. Is it the will of God to thank God? Yes. So when you are right smack at the center of that posture of thanking God, you'll end up praying for what the Lord wants, according to the will of God, not just according to what you want. And David appreciates the goodness of God when he looked back and, uh, and, and, and was reminded of what took place in the past on how the Lord saved the people of God. And I want you to understand that grace is only appreciated when we understand how undeserving we are and you are. The problem with a lot of us here, we're so entitled that I'm a Christian, I'm attending church, I'm a good person, I'm reading my Bible, I deserve a boyfriend. I deserve a promotion. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't deserve anything. We owe God a lot. We don't deserve anything. We're indebted to God. Malaki pong utang natin sa Panginoon. Do you understand? But we think that God owes us a lot. The day that you came to know the Lord, and the day the Lord has entered your life, the mere fact that any moment from now, you're going to heaven, that's a lot to ask for. Do you understand this? God doesn't owe you anything. 
And when you realize that God doesn't owe you anything, your posture is not of someone who's entitled to the things that you think you deserve. You come to God in humility. Do you understand that you ask that, Lord, let your will be done? I don't want to elaborate on this because you've been so good. But Lord, if you will allow me to make a request, I will do so. But Lord, I don't want to take it against you. I don't want to demand. In fact, I'm thankful that I have you in my life. Do you understand? Nagpapasalamat po tayo na meron tayong Panginoon. More than the things that we need and we want. And there is a proof that you're maturing in your walk with God. Look at the person on your right. Nagmamature ba yan? Mukha lang. You know what a mature person is? Somebody who loves God more than what God provides. Let me say that once again. A mature person is somebody who loves God more than what God provides. This is why David said, By who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your mouth is renewed like the eagles. This is a proof of God's grace. And this is what we will talk about, that He forgives, He redeems, and He satisfies us. And you will never go wrong. That is the God that we serve. So number one, we need to understand that God forgives us of all our iniquities. And who heals all our diseases. The grace of God forgives. The only way which God can forgive our sins and reinstate us to His favor is through the cross of Christ. There is no other way. The cause of forgiveness is the cross of Christ. And we know that. There is no one in this world, nothing in this world, that can convince God to forgive you than for Him to send His Son, His one and only Son. Do you understand? His one and only begotten Son. And when He sent His Son... It was the only way that would reinstate you back to be favored by the Lord. You don't deserve any favor. In fact, the Word of God says, I've been telling you over and over again, that we are enemies of God. And I've expressed this, that it's hard to be the enemy okay, of Manny Pacquiao, of the United States of America, and of our beloved president. Do you understand this? You're in trouble. I'm just kidding. How much more if God is your enemy? You are in a big trouble. But because of what Christ did, you're no longer God's enemies. We are adopted in His family and we are children of God. Isn't it amazing? Praise God! This is why in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 15, it says right here, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. That is just one verse, but I'm telling you right now, uh, it, it took a lot of effort to move you from the dominion of darkness so that you can be part of the kingdom of His Son. It took a lot of effort. It took a perfect God to take you out of the dark. I don't want to be there. No, no, I was reminded of that song, if you're familiar with that. And and it, it took a lot, but it's written right here, verse 15, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that is the God that we have. And He validated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, but God being rich in mercy... Remember my message last week that God is rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. It is because of the grace of God that we can say I'm, I'm saved. Not of your good works, remember, so that no man can boast. It is not because of your good deeds and how good you are. That you're helping people. Remember, you're a sinner. How many sinners are in this room? All of us. Right? Look at the person on your left. He is a sinner. She's a sinner. Yeah, she looks awesome. The person on your left looks gorgeous, but she's a sinner. Subukan mong samahan 10 years in one roof. You will see how dark she is. Do you understand? Yeah. Think, think about your crush right now. Ang guwapo, diba? Talaga, mm. Kilig to the bones. 
Guapo talaga. But try being with that person for 10 years under one roof. Sabi ng misis ko, first year of our marriage, akala ko Christian ka. Akala ko rin. <laughs> and I realize that I need the grace of God to change. How many of you here are thankful that for the past few years, God has been with you every step of the way and you've seen God's transformation? Today is a celebration of God's grace. Nagbago ka! And at times, you can't really understand how is it possible for people like us to change. But because of the grace of God, we can change. Remember this, our salvation is by grace. You're not involved with it. And it does not require you for any contribution. It is by the grace of God. So you being alive is by the grace of God. You to take part in our gathering this afternoon, it is by the grace of God. You to arrive in this gathering safely by the grace of God. You that are trying to lose weight by the grace of God. Do you understand? For some who wants to fall in love by the end of the year, by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. You don't deserve it. But because of the death of Christ on the cross, now we have what it takes to enjoy every bit of it. And I want to share to you a story of this sinful woman who broke an alabaster jar in the book of Luke chapter 7. It says right here, I don't have time to elaborate on the story, but it's written right here, Jesus Christ said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is a picture of our lives. That God forgave us of our sins. And because our faith is rooted in Christ, we can say that we are saved. For some of you here, once in a while, you don't feel like you're saved. Not because it's a work of the enemy. At times, the enemy would probably paint a picture if you're really saved and he would whisper in your ear. But the problem is not with the devil. The problem is you not growing in your walk with God. It takes you to trust God that He can save you. If your relationship with God is not daily, it is not running, it's not moving, it's not thriving. It is easy to question if you're saved. Now ask yourself this question. You don't have to open your mouth. You don't have to raise your, your hand. If you die tonight, okay, or tomorrow, so you don't take it against me, you don't feel bad, or three days from now, if you die, do you think you're going to heaven? Yes, probably you're just saying yes because everybody's saying yes. Maki yes ka by the end of the day, you know in your heart if you're saved. Not because of your good works, but because you know God. That whatever God has promised, He will fulfill it. That the God who died for our sins will comply to whatever He has uttered in His Word. That if you repent of your sins, accept Jesus Christ in your heart, ask your Lord and Savior, if you die tonight, you're going to heaven. Not because of your good works, but because of the grace of God. Notice, can we give God the glory for that? So Jesus Christ told this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Because the problem with this woman is not because of her condition, because she's a sinner. The problem is that she has to see, uh, hear a God telling her that she is forgiven. And Jesus Christ declared that your past is pardoned. You now have what it takes to live in the future. All of us in this room, the things are not provided based on what we want and what we need. We can boldly face the future because our past has been erased and our past has been forgiven. And that is something that I'm thankful for the Lord. That if you have a clear understanding you've been forgiven and God says go in peace, you can live a life that pleases God. That you don't want to abuse the grace of God. Some of the people that I have talked to, there are times they would always reason with me that I've been forgiven by God. I can live according to what I want. You don't understand 
God's forgiveness. Because if you do understand God's forgiveness, you would never sin against God because you just can't help. You are indebted to God. You can't help but be thankful for what the Lord has done. That you can't help but worship God. You can't help but be what? Be a kind of person that would please the Lord because of what the Lord has done. Grace is not your license to sin. Grace doesn't free us for sin. Grace frees us from sin. And the more you understand the grace of God, the more that you would never abuse the grace of God. Because the grace of God has been provided so that you will overcome sin. Amen. That you will overcome whatever comes your way that's not of God. That you will have this kind of faith that will face anything. Because you know that the grace of God will be provided. David acknowledged that indeed... It is, it is God who forgives all our iniquities. Secondly, it is He who redeems our lives from the pit, who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. The grace of God does not only forgive, it goes through or it helps us go through a process of redemption. Christ's redemption has freed us from guilt. In Romans 3.23 or 24 says that we have redemption through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says right here, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That there's a standard that God has raised and nobody has reached that standard and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have what it takes to put up with the standard. We don't have a, what it takes to comply with the standard. Christ came to fill the gap. And the more that you meditate on what Christ did on your behalf, the more you're amazed with who He is. This is why Christianity is not a religion. You've been hearing that. It's a personal relationship with God. Because the more you get to know God, the more you enjoy God. That is my prayer for all of us. That more than just coming to church is that you know God, that you study His Word, that you enjoy who He is, and you enjoy His nature. But because I'm telling you right now, it is awesome to get to know God. It is awesome to know who God is. It is awesome to be in a relationship with God. And I hope your Facebook account will write in a relationship because of your relationship with God. But do you know? But my point is (laughs) that we've been justified by His grace as a gift. There is nothing that you can do. The grace of God is a gift to you. How many of you here, last Christmas, you receive a gift that, that you really love? Okay, hindi lang picture frame. <laughs> How many of you here, you're, you're thankful? Somebody gave you a gift and you really love it. Anybody here? Raise your hand. One, two, three, walo lang kami. Okay. <laughs> What's your reaction? You, you, you can't help but, but, but have physical manifestations. Ay, do you understand? You can't help but you move, you jump, you just rejoice. Why are you like that? Because you just can't help but react to the gift that was given to you. How come when it comes okay, to, to being part of our time of worship, I'm not, telling that, I'm not telling you that it's a sin to stand and just stare at a blank wall and, and, and just, just enjoy the performance here in front. You know why I can't help but raise my hand? Because of that. The gift was given. It was for free. And with my name on it, I just can't help but rejoice. Do you understand? It is not, it is not something that we do in order for us to go through the routines of worship. Worship is a response to the gift that God has blessed us with. This is why we can worship. This is why we can shout. This is why we can explode in thanksgiving because of this gift and because of that redemption that we have in Christ Jesus. That when Christ died on the cross, we were not only forgiven, we go through the process of redemption. And when you are redeemed by Christ, curses are removed and blessings are bestowed. That you are right now in that runway where you can expect the blessings of the Lord. Not because you're good, but because God is so good that He went to the cross and died for our sins. And the reason why you will be blessed because of what Christ did in the cross. 
And some of you here, you adhere to the whole idea. Panagkakamali kayo. Nahihirapan kayo. Talagang masama ang loob ng Panginoon sa akin. Na ginagawa to ng Panginoon, nagkakasakit ako, galing to sa Panginoon eh. I'm telling you right now, that's not from God. Do you understand? Because the sickness that should be for us and the wrath of God that should be for us was placed on the cross in Christ Jesus. So if you go through tough times, bad times, and things that you don't like, probably because you're hard-headed once in a while. What do I mean by hard-headed? Palagi ka nagpupuyat, nagkakasakit ka. Hihingi ka tulong sa Panginoon. Lord, talagang, can you heal me in Jesus' name? No, you don't ask for healing, you ask for wisdom. Do you understand this? And because of that redemption, we have eternal life. Their sins are forgiven. We are adopted into the family of God. Now, if you have an enemy, it's easy to forgive the person, but to relate with that person, that's another story. Do you understand me? To forgive, it's not easy, but you will try your best to forgive that person. But let's not associate. Remember your ex? <laughs> let's not talk about it. You can forgive him, but that's another story to be in that relationship again. But remember, Christ forgave us and took us part of his family. I just can't even recognize that. And you know, every time I would hear that, that God, I'm God's enemy, and God took me in to be part of His family, I can't help but raise my hand. Lord, salamat sa grace mo. I don't deserve to be in this family, but you took me in. That is something that I just can't even understand. He delivered us from sin, that we have peace with God. This is why David... He continued elaborating about who God is, His goodness and His faithfulness in Psalm 103, same chapter, verse 6, 11. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. When I have this comical picture in my mind that God is slow to anger, how many of you here, you're, you're fond of people that are very slow? I have a daughter, she's very slow. Let's go to church. I have to tell her Friday. <laughs> Friday. Okay, so that we don't get late. I mean, anak, mag-church tayo, ha? Bihis ka na, Friday pa lang, maligo ka na. <laughs> At least by Sunday, you're ready, right? Now, I'm not fond of people that are slow. How many of you here, you're, you're, you hate people that are slow, okay? Don't be, don't be, okay? Yung bagal, yung mga, mga boys na mabagal. Yung, tagal ko na dito, do you understand? Tagal ko na naghihintay. Kapit lang best. <laughs> My point is, I don't know where it came from again, okay? I hate people who are slow, but I'm thankful that God is slow to, ang- to, 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 to anger. That God is not reactionary. That, that when I do something that's not right before God, God would... Okay, I would not unleash my wrath. I'll take time. Sige lang, anak. Magpatubo ka lang ng buhok. <laughs> but He would take time. I'm thankful that God is like that. That He's abounding in steadfast love. That He will wait for you. So if you're here right now, first time to come into this gathering, God has been waiting for you. Don't run away. It is not an accident why you're in this gathering. God took time to, to, to really create an environment, an atmosphere so that you come to church. It has been really probably five, ten years for some of you here just for you to be part of this gathering. And all the while... Without your knowledge, God has been working. This is why He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Say Amen. Nor repay us according to our iniquity. Say Amen. That the grace of God is just overwhelming. That He is so good. That when we sin, we don't experience God's wrath and His anger. Now I know there are consequences that if you don't shape up, you don't repent. And you don't turn from your wicked ways. You will be judged. But I want to remind all of you, that's not God's default. Hindi po yung pamamaraan ng Panginoon. The default of God is always, I'll extend mercy. I'll show you that I'm good. Because in the goodness of God, He is hoping that we will repent. 
That is why I have repented. Because I can't even imagine how God has been so good. It is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. That is my prayer for all of you. That God's grace treats us as if we have never sinned. And I don't know if you have encountered people, may mga kakilala kayo, the moment they know your past, they would treat you differently. And the moment people would, would insinuate how dark your past is and how evil you are, people's treatment and the way they would go about relating with you will change. But God is not like that. Hindi po pwedeng pakiusapan ng Panginoon. Hindi po pwedeng bulungan ng Panginoon itong anak mo napakasama niyan. Hindi po magbabago ang Panginoon. God will not change because He saw something that's not right before you or not right in your life. But He would be consistent. He would maintain that posture that He is hoping, believing that because of His goodness, you will turn from your wicked ways. That is the grace of God. In the same chapter, that He did not only forgive us and went through the process of redemption, but in verse 5, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The grace of God satisfy. To be satisfied is not just for us to enjoy the things that we're hoping and believing God for. Satisfaction does not start when things are provided. I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to someone that I've shared the gospel to and I love this person. And he has... Growing up, I've seen up close and personal that he can buy whatever he wants. Literally whatever he wants. But he paused for a while. Okay? One Saturday afternoon at about 4.30 p.m. Talk to me. How come I don't have the satisfaction that I'm looking for? And he asked me, where do I need to start? And I shared to him the gospel. And he came to know the Lord. His name is... Daddy, my own dad. And at the end of the day, I've seen through the years that he's a hard-working man and he has gained so much for himself. But without God in your life, you will never walk in satisfaction. Even at times you lack something, but you have God in your life, you will walk in satisfaction. Because the problem of man is not if things are provided. The problem of each and every person is that we don't have satisfaction. And satisfaction is rooted in what? In sin. And if you understand that you've been bought with a price, that you're forgiven, that Christ addressed sin on the cross, though at times you're not provided, you can say, I'm satisfied. Not because of what I have and what I need and what I want, but because of Christ in me, the hope of glory, that it takes a satisfying God to satisfy your inner longings. This is why God is all-sufficient. He's the only one who can be sufficient to fill your heart. And He's the only one who has what it takes to satisfy your soul. For some of you here, you've been meditating on the whole idea that if I have the love of my life, I'll be satisfied. You're getting it all wrong. It will not give you satisfaction. In fact, if you are depressed before you enter a relationship, after that relationship, you will be oppressed. Yeah, depressed, oppressed. I don't know why, but I've, I've counseled a lot of people that if you don't have God in your life, Nothing in this world, whether money, hobbies, possessions, or relationships, will give you the satisfaction that you're looking for. Only in Christ. Christ alone can provide the satisfaction we desperately seek. You start with God, everything will, will, will fall in the right places. So if you're here right now, you're telling, Pastor, yes, I do understand that I've tried almost everything without Christ. I'm here. That I go home before I retire at night, I would sit at the edge of my bed and, and, and pause for a while and, and utter uh, uh, a simple prayer. But how come I'm not satisfied? Because you have not invited Jesus Christ into your life. Invite Him in your life. I'm telling you, it would be a good start. Remember this, that Christ is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. That at the end of the day, God's longing, yes, that you read your Bible. Yes, that you pray. Yes, that you go to church. You know what makes God happy? 
Yes, if you go to church. Yes, probably if you read your Bible. But that's not the pinnacle of God's happiness and joy. When you're satisfied with Him. That you're not asking anything from God. Yes, there's nothing wrong with asking God for anything. But if you just sit right there with a worship song behind you, I'm telling you right now, and you enjoy the presence of God, and you enjoyed a moment with God, and you open your, your Bible every morning, and you have a cup of coffee, and, and you're enjoying every minute that you read God's Word. And that's my prayer this afternoon, that the Lord will refresh your encounter with Him, that you will long for Him, that your quiet time and your personal time in your prayer life doesn't end the first hour of the day, every minute of the day, you just can't help but God, thank you. How many of you here, almost every minute of your life, every hour of your life, you can't help but thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you can't help but thank God for, for anything that you see. Napakalayo ng parking space, nagpapasalamat ka kay Lord. Do you understand? I mean, some people, it's valid to complain. Do you understand? But here you are thanking God because your problem is not the parking space. Your problem is that your relationship with God is not in place. But if your relationship with God is intact, no matter what comes your way, you will cry, but deep in your heart, you can say, God, I have a relationship with you. How many of you here, in your private moments, naiiyak Man, life is not perfect. But deep in your heart, Lord, I will not surrender. I will not give up. I will press forward because greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Amen! This is what David said, Psalm 90 verse 14, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And that is the kind of satisfaction that you've been looking for, searching for. And the greatest lie of the enemy, you need a car. You need someone to hug you. You need another cell phone. You need a promotion. To be happy, you need all of this. I'm telling you right now, Nothing in this world can give you the satisfaction apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in the presence of God that we are satisfied. It is in the presence of God that we can say, I have enough. You don't have my salary. You don't have, I mean, people will tell you that. I mean, people will tell you, you need to have a better salary. Yes, I desire that, but you don't understand my encounter with God. And that is my prayer for all of us that we go out there and tell people about our relationship with God because this is the only solution that can address whatever dissatisfaction that they have. And here in verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. And this is the very reason why I can approach God anytime, anywhere. Because the God of grace guarantees that we are the recipient of His compassion. Do you understand this? That every time God sees you, I'm for you. Every time you talk to God, I'm not against you. Every time you interface with God, we're in this together. Every time that you approach God, your sins, you cutting corners, no amount of sin can intimidate me, my son and my daughter. Come to me in humility. Ask for my forgiveness. Let's work this out because I'm willing to restore my relationship with you. That is the grace of God. Amen! This is why we can say, that we can boldly enter with confidence and draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what? The other day I had this passionate discussion, not the other day, about a week, or, a week ago, with my daughter. Napakatalino po ng anak kong babae. Mana sa nanay. Um... Wait, this, this, this passionate discussion, I was offended and, and I, I, I said something that's harsh. I don't usually do that because 
she's so dear to me. I mean, I don't know if you can relate. If you're a father, most girls are, 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 are close with their dad. And make a little story short, uh, I offended her. But you know what? I just can't help for, for the day to end. I'm here in the office. She's in the school. I just can't help to end the day and be with her and to say sorry to her. No, I'm not a perfect father. The father that we have in heaven is perfect. He wants, he's excited that your relationship with him restored every single day. And that day, I waited for her, talked to her. She was a bit uneasy to, to approach me. But I went out of my way, talked to her and told her, please forgive me. I'm harsh and that's not right. Can you forgive that? You know, I want that relationship again back and thriving. And I realize as a father, just like what I mentioned, I'm not perfect. How much more our heavenly father in heaven wanting to have us every single minute of the day. Every single day, there is nothing in this world that God is waiting for than to talk to you every single day, than to enjoy your presence so that you'll savor how gracious He is. Ladies and gentlemen, man's sinfulness will always be met by God's graciousness. That no matter how evil you are, if you just come to God, the grace of God will always be provided. Napakabuti po ng Panginoon that God would not reject us. That it is God's delight that you come to Him. I'm telling you right now, we're not approaching an employer or a master or a figurehead that we're subjected to Him. God has been saying, the reason why I'm a father so that you can be my child. If God wants us to be a slave, He will introduce Himself as a master. If God wants us to be an employee, He will introduce Himself as an employer. If he, God wants, wants us to be His subjects, He will introduce Himself as an emperor. But His first introduction, I'm a father. So you can be a child. So that you can be a daughter. So you can be a son. That's who am I and who I am. So I do pray that knowing God will be our top priority so that we will experience how gracious, compassionate, slow to anger the God that we serve. Heavenly Father, thank you for this afternoon that you've given us an opportunity to know your ways and to know your nature and to know who you are and your beauty. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, you're saying, Pastor, can you pray for me that I will have the grace to overcome how sinful I am? At times, a lot of us would have reasons. But God is saying, don't give me that reason. You're trying to cover it up. Just approach me and tell me that what you are into is a sin that stands in the way for me to show you how much I love you. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're struggling with sin, I will pray for you. The grace of God will give you the strength to overcome. If you're struggling with sin, no looking around, I want you to raise your hand. You raise your hand if you're struggling with sin. I've been in that situation. I want you to raise your hand as high as you can if you're struggling with sin. Lord, with the hands that are lifted high, that they will not be embarrassed. They will not walk in condemnation, but they will walk in freedom. I pray right now in Jesus' name that they will have the grace to overcome whatever stands in the way of having a growing relationship with you. Teach them to overcome. Teach them, Lord God, to operate in your grace. That this is not according to our might nor power, but by the grace of God and the Spirit of God. Thank you that your grace, Lord God, is provided. That we will not quit nor give up, Father, because we know that your grace is more than enough. If you are right now in a situation where, where you're so overwhelmed, you're tired, and you're simply saying, Pastor, I don't know if I can continue this year to follow and obey the Lord. I want you to raise your hand. 
if you're the person, you're about to give up. Whether it's a job, promotion, or family, or marriage, just raise your hand right now. Though with the hands that are lifted high, I pray that you give them the grace to see beyond their situation. Whatever you are going through today, it is by the grace of God that you will not only survive, but thrive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your grace is simply amazing. I pray right now that as we continue to face 2017, let your grace be provided. As we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, if you're here right now and you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm glad that, that you've given me an opportunity to appreciate the grace and the goodness of God. Napakabuti po ng Panginoon. So if you're here right now and you want to experience the grace of God, the way to go about this is to accept Christ, Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. And I want you to, I want you to have this opportunity na kung saan pag tinanggap mong Panginoon sa puso mo, magsisimula ang pagbabago. And it is Christ that will change your life. It is Christ that will give you the strength to face tomorrow. It is Christ who will give you the strength to overcome. It is Christ who will put everything in the right place when it comes to your life. So as we bow our head, all of us in this room, and we close our eyes, if you are the person, gusto mong tanggapin ang Panginoon sa puso mo, pray this prayer after me. I want to invite you. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, once again, say this. Lord Jesus, I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I repent from all known sins and I want to follow you, Jesus, for the rest of my life.